welcome to Quinty's Drunk Monkeys Logcast. I'm one of your hosts, Colleen Carney Hefner. I'm the other one of your hosts, Chris Pruitt, producer Matt. We are here to talk today about season two, episode 18, On the Wings of Love. On the Wings of Love! <laughs> 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 um uh, before we begin, I do want to just go over a couple things. We run a literary journal called Drunk Monkeys. Uh, you can find us at drunkmonkeys.us. You can read our issues. We are about to post our February issue. We are open through February for submissions for our pop culture issue, which is our most favorite issue of the year. It's a big boy. That runs in April. Um, we are open for all categories, uh, essays, fiction, poetry, as long as it has a good connection to some sort of pop culture, we will we will consider it. Uh, we love this issue very much. This is like our fifth, I think. Uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, we have a chapbook press called Cherry Dress. We just accepted three books of nice. the two, 2023 run. Candace Kelsey's Choose Your Own Poem, which is much like a choose your own adventure book of the eighties that we all grew up with. It is very, very fun. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Yeah, excited I'm, for that one. Yeah. I'm super excited mm-hmm. for it. It's going to be great. Um, that will be coming out in the spring, probably around April 1st. Then we are also publishing in summer. We're going to go for July for this one. Childproof Scott by Trapper Markels. Uh, this is a very touching and poignant collection. It's very rough. Uh, about his daughter who died of SIDS in 2009 and then the subsequent children he had after that. Um, I've never seen a book about uh, the loss of a child from SIDS from a man. So I thought that that was mm-hmm. very interesting and it's it's beautiful. Uh, and that was when I realized I had to choose more than one <laughs> book. And then in the fall for Spooky Season, we'll be publishing Nocturnes by Kathleen Allen Conway which is a collection of poetry, which is sourced by Anne-Lien Malefique. Mm. I think it's her translation of Annick Grancher Describa's book. I, I'm I'm not sure if I have that transposed, to be honest. Anne Rice is involved somehow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that will be in, in October. So I'm very excited about those. We are a spoiler light pop- podcast. I don't know why you would be joining us this late in the game. <laughs> talk to we don't talk too much about the future episodes if we do it's it's very uh lightly touched upon we're not like oh in season three this crazy thing happens so you don't have to worry about that also before we move into more detail because she's often very good about compiling this for other people but for some reason not herself colleen has a patreon that you can subscribe to (laughs) is that she should be plugging on the show that we do together but (laughs) and i yet i never do (laughs) uh, when i was on the soundtracker podcast eric was like you have stuff, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, patreon.com slash Colleen CH. I took a few months off around the holidays and I'm starting to get back into the swing of it. So I have a couple essays I'm working on that'll be there. You can literally access most of it for a dollar. So um, it's just kind of a fun thing to do. It's not, I, I don't make a living off of it. It's just, it's just a fun way to publish stuff without having to like pitch it. Mm. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the devils, I think soon, uh, which is a in horny movie. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of horny, let's move on to this episode. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, this episode begins. So, okay, we should probably preface with last episode. At the end of the last episode, uh, we had Harry drunk off his ass because Josie is dead and he's very upset about it. And we had this woman, I forget her name. And- Jones. List is Jones. Oh, yeah, just Jones, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We primarily uh, know her as Thomas Eckert's assistant, assistant. or valet mm-hmm. or whatever exactly um, she's doing. And she has snuck into his room where he had a guard watching him. She's struck in the guard down. She killed him in one hit, <laughs> one punch yeah. man to his ass. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, she was climbing into bed with an unconscious Harry. So we're picking up where that left off. Literally right where that left off. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Uh, we have a nice slow shot of a deer, some books. I thought that's where you were going with the speaking of horny thing, like yeah. an opening on the deer head there. That would have been a <laughs> oh, yeah, transition. <laughs> Cute. No. Um, <laughs> that man just laying there bleeding. Harry snoozing. He looks almost peaceful. <laughs> um, have it. And then this sexy woman who, like, for a second, I was like, wait, who is this again? Because she's just so, like, she was just introduced. Right. I really shouldn't remember. Uh, kind of climbing into bed. She's in lingerie. She's got a potion in her thigh high that she, like, <laughs> sensually rubs on his lips and then on her own lips. Uh, he starts sort of waking up. He's having delusions that it's Josie, who it's obviously not because she's stuck in the drawer knob. So it's not going <laughs> to. Uh, and, and it takes good, the scene. Good, good television show. This is our favorite show of all time. Um, <laughs> and uh, this scene takes like forever. Yeah, It's so slow. But eventually, as he's waking up, she takes out like a garret to like strangle him with. And then he like reaches for his gun and then there's a struggle and then he like strikes her down. Uh, He's got like a a trophy in his hand. Uh, I don't know why he doesn't have the gun. There, but yeah, well, like he does the like you know pro wrestling to get a headlock in you, so you back them up into the turnbuckle thing and like knocks her into the wall, you know. Um, yeah, it's and very then, pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah, and then lays like, out. Yeah, laser out, and it looks like he's gonna like totally own her, and then he does the whole like, oh, it's a woman, so <laughs> not like, oh no, yeah. Um, this scene is so weird because it's like I don't know what she's doing with the whole yeah. like the the potion thing and it's like i'm assuming we're supposed to think that's like josie's fragrance or something and that this mm. is supposed to confuse him or something i don't know it's not well communicated and it's like it, also and they don't go back to it well they don't go back to it it's gone forever after the scene ends well they mentioned it one time as like a joke in like two or three scenes from now and then it's gone <laughs> forever which is very funny but like what's really confounding about it is he's completely unconscious when she approaches him mm-hmm. if she wanted put the garret on him then he's gone yeah. it's over yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. no it's just done kill him. <laughs> yeah do you or you know just hit him on the head with whatever you hit the guard with it, it ain't that yeah. hard yeah exactly like that <laughs> Killed that guy. That's such a strange scene because you're like, okay, at first, is this is she setting him up for like a sexual assault allegation? Right. No. right. Is she using him for her own pleasure? No. Uh she's just being a weirdo, which yeah. I guess is trash <laughs> for like the Twin Peaks universe, uh, this this town, but it's just a very odd scene. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, uh that's kind of it. <laughs> 
it ends with her like splayed out and he's like whoa what just happened yeah he also really lays her out i mean that's, he a, lays that's her out. A, she's yeah, like yeah. hard laid on this like cheese lounge like yeah <laughs> She kind of looks comfy after she lands there, though. It's like, oh. She's going to take a little nap. It's all right. <laughs> so, like, we basically smash cut from this to the most insane outfit like <laughs> that, that we're going to see in this particular episode, I think. Um, yeah, I actually tweeted about this last night. If you follow my... Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just Colleen Carney, like, at Colleen Carney. And I know Twitter is, like, just a nightmare. But I am there. Um... And it's it's John Justice Wheeler, our friend Billy Zane, in in like a Halloween themed. It's like yeah, it's candy corn, yeah. It's orange <laughs> yeah. and white and black, and it's yeah. really like it's a nice knit sweater, and it's actually a very very cool sweater. I it is cool. He's pulling it off. He looks fantastic. I'm a big big yeah. fan of the big comfy. He sweaters. looks like he looks like a stylish '80s like 40 year old woman in this scene like he is <laughs> it looks like, like the mom. exact move that he's yeah. doing but like he's got these giant glasses that are yeah. like kind of like have like a vintage acrylic kind of look to them or yeah, something angela bauer glasses yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah they're my favorite they're the ones i'm always trying to emulate but never can um and but he has this sweater tucked into his slacks it's so weird. Insane. It's like, what are you doing? It creates this insane body shape where he looks yeah. like he's got like the John Cena body where like his <laughs> like uh, upper torso is twice as wide yeah. as like the bottom yeah, yeah. half of his person. Or like the old man from Up. <laughs> <laughs> Solid pull. Carl? Yeah. Sexy Carl right now. <laughs> Sexy Carl. <laughs> Dude is my man is really shaped like my man God. is shaped like an MF Dorito in this yeah. scene. <laughs> an upside down Dorito. I, I love this sweater. I'd wear it. Yeah. I learned how to how to crochet so I can make this sweater for myself. Anyway, uh, yeah, I wrote John Justice Wheeler in a great sweater. I underlined great. Uh, this scene. This okay. I'm just gonna say my son was watching. There's a lot of tough scene. stuff in this scene. My son. My son was. Stoned off his ass. He was high as a kite watching this with me. Uh, he has his weed card, so don't come at me. He's a legal adult. So yeah. <laughs> he was just like, what the fuck are either of these people saying? Because Audrey comes in. Uh, I threw him because I said to him, hey, remember when you saw her boobs earlier this week? Because last week we watched <laughs> Moon Junction, which is a movie with her and the bad guy from Kindergarten Cup. And they just like fuck through the whole thing. It's crazy. <laughs> and she's like full on naked, like hmm. bush and all. And she looks great. I'm not. I'm not complaining. She looked great. And it was. It was actually a very entertaining movie. We're doing horny movies this month, and because uh, it's February, and um, and it was one of the better ones, which is shocking. But he was like, "What? I don't remember any of this." <laughs> so I had to like backtrack. But anyway, <clears throat> she comes in. And I have to say, Audrey looks great in this episode. She does, yeah. Uh, I have my issues with Audrey, but it's never about how she looks, except for that first episode. Uh, Where it's real and, bad. <laughs> but she looks gorgeous in every every episode, every scene in this episode. But she starts flirting heavily with him. And he's like, why don't you finish what you start? Uh, if you're going to bring a hammer, you should bring some nails. Yeah. Huh? yeah and-, and it's like... And they both use this metaphor. They ping pong it back and forth a couple of times. And it's really gross. (laughs) And then the worst part is when she ping pongs it, she's like leaving the room and she's like, and another thing. 
you should bring hammers and nails. And it's so bad. It's like she doesn't know what she's saying. It's just awful. Yeah. But they're just having this kind of quid pro quo back and forth thing. And it's and it is kind of like I wasn't stoned, but it was kind of incomprehensible. What I got out of it is there's like a sort of romantic power play thing going on where he kind of thinks I've already won her and she wants him to think you've got to work a little bit harder at this. Mm-hmm. Um, that was what I got out of yeah. the intent of this scene. But it, it again, the framing is weird. The focus on this horrible hammer and nail metaphor like is distracting because it's just it's so gross that it like makes the rest of it kind of difficult to follow. Um, guys, and- just. If you're gonna bone, just bone and stop involving us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why? I don't need to be here in this conversation. <laughs> I don't know why I need to be here. Um, <laughs> why she went in? She was like delivering something. She was delivering food. She yeah. Yeah. she surprised him by being the food service girl. But then it seems like her move from there is to be like, but you know, I don't do just anything for you. Like, he's like, okay, what if I take you on a private plane? She's like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, So <laughs> the upshot is that they leave this scene being like, mm-hmm. we're going to get on this plane and we're going to bone. Um, And we'll see bone, if that... Bone zone time. We'll see if that happens or not. But that's like how we, they, these two characters leave the scene. And here's another thing about where Twin Peaks is at this time. Like, we've just had two scenes. One has been just interminably long. The other has made no sense whatsoever. We are seven minutes into this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot it's like of a screen time. Minute episode. Yeah, well, yeah. And, <laughs> and then, I don't know if you've seen this episode through yet or if no, you're just scrubbing through it yeah. now, but mm-hmm. like that really kind of is the overarching story of this episode. Maybe we can talk about it at the end mm-hmm. where they start trying to ram a bunch of plot points back together that have been dangling out separately. And mm-hmm. it's just like kind of a big tangled knot through this whole thing. <laughs> it's just crazy. Oh my lord, good lord. Okay, so that ends. Uh, it's just, uh Anyway, <laughs> we go to Harry and Coop, my favorite power couple. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's funny too, because uh, not only is Harry throughout this episode uh, sporting like a, a mark on his neck from this like garroting is- incident, uh, he's also extremely hungover, which becomes kind of like a running joke through the episode. Mm-hmm one of like the more like wonderful parts of this episode season two is so remarkable in the sense that it starts off very strong then it gets real shitty for a long time mm-hmm. starts getting pretty good again and this is kind of we're on that kind of upswing back once ben gets out of his crazy civil war stuff and josie dies and stuff we kind of start getting back into like what is good about twin peaks yeah um and and we're up on that upswing which is nice uh but <laughs> this running joke about him being like so hungover and probably a little traumatized from almost being murdered. It's super funny. And it goes throughout the whole uh, episode. And this is where we first see it. So, so Coop and Harry are talking about how he was attacked and he's like, uh, why would Eckhart want me dead? And Coop goes, sexual jealousy? (laughs) Get you a friend who props you up in every aspect of your life. <laughs> He's like, you fuck like a volcano, dude. Why want to kill you? <laughs> and Harry's just like, oh yeah. It's a, it's <laughs> yeah, a good tracks. moment. It's a good moment, but it also 
is kind of confounding because they use this to just hand wave that plot point away forever. Yeah. Yeah. So as yeah. you pointed out, Matt, that was like a five minute long scene that was confusing mm-hmm. to open up this episode. And now they're just like, it doesn't matter. Hilarious. It's a joke. And it's like, wait, right. what? Like, <laughs> it's raped yeah. and killed. <laughs> like, why did we do this? Uh, presumably, that other cop is either dead or is like in a coma now. We're just like, I don't think we ever find out what, what happened. happened there. Poor <laughs> asshole who was just like, hey, can you watch Harry? He's a drunken fool. Yeah, I'll watch him. That's fine. It's a <laughs> fine. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Dude's like dead. <laughs> Whatever. <Yeah. laughs> just the way it goes in Twin Peaks. You might die and no one might ever talk about you again, or they might create an entire series about it. So right. <laughs> um, anyway, sexual jealousy. And and Coop does a lot of really good smiles in this episode. And he's just like a real, like, I'm proud of myself smile. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, Harry, you're hungover. Here's my cure. You get some unfiltered tomato juice. You throw some oysters in there. <laughs> like this most horrific and disgusting thing and Harry's talking about sweet breads and stuff yeah, right. Very, right. yeah. and Harry runs out and like just pukes like into the bathroom and Coop just has this best shit eating grin yeah. on his- <laughs> that was I-, I believe he says that'll do it yeah that'll do it yeah. yeah and then so then I had a nice long conversation about if Aiden is ever hung over what he should do and my go-to is always orange Gatorade water mm. down ice and then diner food that was oh mm. yeah but that was always my my yeah. go the, the grease electrolytes combo. Absolutely. Yeah, the, uh, like, yeah. But Aiden was like, I don't think I'll ever drink. And I was like, well, good for you because it sucks. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but that's okay. Anyway. um, From here, we go to uh, office. They're still at, at the sheriff's office. And there's a bonsai tree. And Doc Hayward is just like intensely looking at it. Because apparently he's also like a horticulturist. So, like, he's just, like, a man of many talents. and he's just- uh, Another thing, another situation where, why the fuck is he even in this scene? Yeah. Like, I, just- I don't know why he's here. Um, he has a quote. <laughs> they right. need to meet it. <laughs> so, uh, it's so funny. Um, and it's just, like, you know, they're just kind of looking at at this, this bonsai tree. And actually, I'm going to have you take over talking for a second because my iPad where my notes are going to die. So I'm going to transfer Okay. So, like, the setup here is, like, Harry comes back from the bathroom, he's still looking awful, and Doc (laughs) Hayward is, like, kind of, like, sitting on his desk or something, Mm -hmm. Coop has, like, tonic water that he's giving to Harry, and um, they're making a big deal about talking about this bonsai tree, which was a gift um, to which was left there as a gift. I cannot remember what the context of that was. It's Um, it's two, it's for Harry, and from Josie. He's like from Josie. Okay. Yeah, that's what I can remember. Which is about. weird because he yeah. never really says like why he thinks that or anything. Right. Like I guess it's it's a bonsai tree and we're just going with like some sort of some racism. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so uh so what matters here is that it becomes pretty clear pretty early on that this is bugged. It's like cutting back and forth to uh Wyndham Earl's like little insane like cottage hideout with leo or whatever (laughs) and he's like listening in on their conversation um you know just casual let's not worry about this mysterious object that showed up here after several further murders that we have not even begun to investigate have occurred um in the last couple of episodes (laughs) don't let just don't worry about it um so you know they begin having a conversation um 
what's delightful about this scene mm-hmm. is that it gives us the return of uh Gordon, um, played by our friend David. Um and <laughs> so he comes in and it's a good bit because like they have to shout their whole conversation, which mm-hmm. accomplishes two things for the scene, which is that A, it has Harry going like oh god the whole time which is very funny and also it means oh this like fucking bonsai thing i hit the jackpot here everybody is shouting clearly (laughs) so that i can record this conversation (laughs) that is being held in the police office but this Um, but this does have a yeah it (laughs) this pays off in a second (laughs) yeah pays off in a minute um the upshot of this scene is that uh a couple things happen here gordon gives uh gives Coop some documents that suggest, and I think this is the first we're directly hearing of this, that uh, Wyndham Earl was previously involved in the kind of, like, you know, astrological, spiritual psyop bullshit that, like, the right. Major Briggs was involved in and yeah. stuff. Project Blue Book. So, Project so, Blue Book, yeah. Project Blue Book. Yeah. So he is Which, And somehow... as we record this, there are flying objects being shot down all over the world. <laughs> so who knows? So who knows? Um, I saw, I, I need to interrupt, I saw an amazing, like, callback to one of my favorite tweets. I don't know if you've ever seen that tweet that was like, me and my friends would have killed E.T. with a hammer. <laughs> like, if these are aliens coming, I think I know who they're coming for. And it was that Because <laughs> I hate E.T. so much that I'm just like, I mean, all aliens creep me out. But yeah. uh, E.T. just, I don't understand so much. So it, I was just like, oh, no. And yeah, yeah, who knows? Maybe this is a Twin Peaks thing happening. Or, like, right. marketing. <laughs> <laughs> the, the balloons are not what they seem right um, the, the uh, other thing that happens here is gordon uh, by the power vested in him by running the show i guess uh <laughs> it reinstates coop as an fbi agent on the spot he just hands him a badge and gun he's like, he's like look at this fancy gun <laughs> no paperwork involved here you go this gun is way better than the gun you had before (laughs) 10 millimeter um Um, it's cute but then of course uh because (laughs) this is so good he's like oh look at that bonsai remember those old world war ii (laughs) movies (laughs) just yell bonsai that's gonna cut out on the mic i can tell uh yell the word bonsai into the bonsai tree like thereby deafening <laughs> Wyndham Earl on the other mm. end excruciatingly ruining Harry's brain which is like so funny like you know you say what you will but like shoehorning a lot of the stuff in but <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to skip over this there's this bit where um it's not an important detail um but Gordon says it seems that what was happening was that when Earl was committed to the insane asylum, he was actually using drugs to fake his mental state. Um, And what's important about this is that he describes Earl's escape from the mental facility as when Earl went boing, and it it's so weird. I don't know what (laughs) I'm supposed to understand about that or also that the drugs he was using were the same drugs that uh Gerard, the one armed man. Ah yeah. Okay. But he was using them to like suppress like like what was happening to him in terms of like Black Lodge stuff and whatever. Mm -hmm. Wendem Earl was just faking being crazy (laughs) for for cloud or whatever. Yeah, for cloud. (laughs) Um (laughs) 
I think from here we go back to the cabin, and this is yes, when Earl is doing the card trick thing. He's doing some dumb, like, kind of close-up magic, kind of symbolic telling of how he's setting up his crime thing in front of Leo here, who, as far as we can tell, does not understand even a little bit about what's going on here leo's cognitive state is such a mystery in these episodes yeah Yeah. it's really come off as he's like still super brain damaged from like his incident being in like a coma or whatever but then also like from torture uh but also like there are moments where it seems like he's like okay yeah like yeah 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 you know like he doesn't talk or anything but he has these moments where he's watching him like very intently the way like someone listening intently would so i'm like i'm not really 100 percent sure what we're i assume he's supposed to be like just super damaged but like yeah it's so weird and yeah and like when Merle keeps like pulling cards out from behind both of their ears and i'm like how many cards are back there <laughs> yeah yeah they, they got some big old ears there uh he's he does setting he... up the miss twin peaks pageant where he's going to like attack the, the women of Twin Peaks. Yeah, and he's going to do something. It somehow involves entrapping Coop. That's That much is obvious from what mm-hmm. he's doing with the cards here. We see cards that have Audrey, Donna, and Shelly's face pasted on them, as well as eventually Dale Coop's face. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to point out, he has a line read here when he starts pulling out the cards where he says, one, a two, a three, <laughs> that I, I promise you is a deliberate rip yes. on the Tootsie Roll Owl. Yes. It absolutely must be. <laughs> yeah. it, it sounds 100% deliberate. The Tootsie Roll yeah. Owl is not what it seems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how can we shoehorn a how can we sh- vertical integration into this episode? Right. <laughs> so funny. Uh, I caught that too. And uh, I do love a good reference. So yeah. Like, all right. He watches TV. That's great. He loves Wally. Good for him. He's got a lot of it, time it, in his day. <laughs> again, again, Wyndham Earl, it's one of the great things of this show where it's like, man, is this character and the way they use it just so infuriating. But the performance is so good and it has so many great moments that it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like he's not really wasted because he does bring it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Also, like, I wish he had brought it to something a little bit better. Yeah. 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 He's he's great. I'm just like, all right, he's he's having fun with it. And that's, I guess, all. That <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, OK, from here we go to Donna, who is in like literally the best pink car I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Whose car is that? Did she always have this pink car? And I never noticed it until just now. Because it's amazing. We'll never know. (laughs) We'll never see it again. It'll never be spoken of again. We'll never know. That's truly, truly, it's a show of intrigue. Yeah. Um, She is spying on her mother. Uh, In the last episode, Ben Horn came to visit her mother and it was very sus. So now she's like, something's amiss here. So she's she's following her mother who is going to visit Ben. And uh, she's got some nagging feelings that something's going on here. Yeah, and it should be pointed out that the way she's spying on her mother is walking about, like, five to ten feet yeah. behind her mother completely unnoticed somehow. Yeah, her mom it's, is in her own world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it, like, yeah. at first I thought, is the point that her mom knows she's showing up with her? And it's like, We come no. together? Yeah, exactly. Uh, here's something kind of funny, and I don't think we've talked about this, but when we I was watching it, Aiden was like, why is she in a wheelchair? And I was like, I didn't tell you. And she's like, how many times have you seen this? And this brought up the conversation I have often, which is that I've seen this show a hundred times and a lot of season two just melts right. out of my brain. 
I don't remember a lot of this stuff, but, um, but I actually looked it up because I'm like, you know, this is kind of where I was like, well, well, this is where like Donna's mom is just becoming like an actor. A character, yeah. Like mm-hmm. she's been around. I didn't even know her name until this episode. I called yeah. Donna's mom the whole time. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, this is where they're kind of just building this like character history. And I was like, I don't even know if they ever say it. Uh, if they do, it's on this episode. So I did look it up. And apparently in the 60s or 70s, she was in a car accident. That's yeah. the uh, thing. I don't know if they ever actually bring it up, though. I, I vaguely remember that. And I think it's one of those things that's in one of the Robert Frost books or whatever. Um, because oh, I don't okay. I don't think it's... Yeah, I, I think that detail theoretically exists in the canon, but I don't think it's ever explicitly talked about on screen. Well, what's funny I is I looked it up and I found a message board from 2009 talking about it, which is oh. just wild to look at. <laughs> then maybe that's not where that comes from. I, fuck if I'm going to look into it and we can talk about it the next episode, maybe. I'm gonna... Maybe it's in the movie or something? That's I a prequel? I don't know. It is, I think it's a throwaway thing somewhere. Yeah, like, yeah. Could yeah be. Something, but it's not in this episode, but anyway. This will probably tell you just how important this Eileen and Ben mm-hmm. plot point is going forward from here that we have no fucking idea about major details right. about it. I didn't even know uh, her name was Eileen. I was like, really? <laughs> I only know because I, I think it's like the only episode her name is said out loud. In. Right. But uh, here's the now, thing. Have we previously talked about who this actress is, by the way? No. I don't know. I, don't I doubt it well, because she's you'll... never done anything important before now. <laughs> well, you will know her children best. Uh, Mary Jo Deschanel. Oh, oh this is my Zooey that's and right. Ellie's Deschanel's. That's right. That's yeah. right. I, 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 I did, did know this know at one point. I, yeah, I because Caleb did it. a couple of episodes directed. Um, he's a cinematographer, um, so they must have just been in Lynch's circle. But yeah, I think I knew that because there have been things about like Zoe being on set when she was a kid and talking yeah. about. Like, I was, you know, my mom was like recording when I was on set, so I think yeah. I knew that. Yeah, see, mm-hmm. wild stuff. Well, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) but here's the thing about this scene. We do get into some Ben and Eileen stuff. But before we do that, uh, Don is like, obviously, like, I got to tell Audrey that something weird is happening here. And as she does that, Mike and Nadine are checking out. (laughs) And it is so fucking funny. (laughs) They're like, I hope you enjoyed your stay. And Mike's like, oh, I did. <laughs> it was like, the be- best. All it, it was the goodest day I've ever had. I, I'm, I'm hoping talked- to stay again real soon. We've talked about this before that there was no real like, like there was like a get away from me, Nadine, and then suddenly they were like checking into hotels together. So, so well, they, they went on that trip. Yes, to assume something happened. And I mean, she did say like, oh, like you know, like we banged it up, yeah. but. Uh, as close as the dynamics are here, it is so funny to watch. Yeah. Like, he is, like, in on cloud. Now, he had the best sex of his 17 years <laughs> <laughs> in that very hotel room at the... Right. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my and God. Fucking like, uh, Josie was in the doorknob. Right. It was, like, a crazy experience. It was, like, a weird spiritual threesome. It was odd. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my brain damaged girlfriend and the haunted hotel <laughs> romance. I think this is what MILF Manor is about. <laughs> I wish that was what it was about. I'd watch it every week. Um. Anyway, so we have so so beyond them, they leave. And she's like, hey, Audrey, I want to talk to you about some stuff. 
And uh, th this is where I wrote, Audrey looks great. She looks great. Yeah. She looks fantastic. Uh, and she's like, you know, why? Like, uh, my mom is like meeting with your dad. And I don't know what that's all about. And Audrey's like, is she here right now? And she's like, she's in his office. And she's like, she gives her this like amazing smirk, like, like D from Always Sunny. Like, <laughs> she's got the Heidi Hulk. It's got go, the Scooby Doo, Bye. Scooby Gang tunnel thing to spy on her dad's office. Absolutely. Um, and that's what they do. So, so we get there to the scene before the girls do. Um, and yes. it. It it just it's clear in the scene that they had an affair, and I I don't think it's jumping ahead whatsoever to say the implication seems to yeah. be that like he's actually Donna's dad or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I fucking hate this plot line. Um, <laughs> it, it's not one of the worst. It's not one of the mo most convoluted. It's not one of the most offensive, but. It so unnecessary to put this on Ben at this point in the story where Ben has so many unresolved existing plot lines with, you know, with the fucking Ghostwood property, with, you know, the his, the, his on-off involvement with Catherine Martell that does not seem to have been fully resolved in any way at this point, um, with, like, you know, the Laura stuff that's, like, sort of been resolved, but is still, like, a specter hanging over his character that he's never really atoned for. This stuff with Wheeler, this stuff with his brother, there's new stuff that he brings up with Audrey later in this episode, and it's like, we're also gonna have this character have been Donna's dad for no fucking reason. And no, I no must reason hate at all. it. It's just nothing. Like, there's so much other stuff that is unresolved at this point in the story, and you can see them struggling to do it, but then it's also like, oh, we gotta ram this plot point in for no fucking reason. I maybe it. maybe Eileen was like, hey, can I get some like actual screen time? <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and <laughs> I like, okay, like you had to have fucked someone else. Who do you want it to be? Well, this is not Andy, it, so. <laughs> it should have been, should have been Jerry. That would have been hilarious. That been <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, so I. Yeah, no, I no, I totally agree with you. It's like we, this is an unnecessary. It's not the worst plot line in the world, but it's unnecessary. We don't need this. Um, but it's absolutely one of the most worthless plot major, lines in the story. I don't even think there's any major play a payoff in the end. And not really, except that it, I mean, it seems to also be a reason to keep Donna on screen now that the James shit is more or less wrapped up and she's not that involved yeah. in the current goings on. But it's like, again, you couldn't have something better for Donna to do than you this. You literally like, could have just worked at the diner. Yeah, like <laughs> I, anything could have happened here. Like she involves herself in police investigations all the time. And there's so many dead people <laughs> we're not even talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like, they could have had, had Gordon and Donna. Oh my God. <laughs> An FBI agent too. <laughs> Anyway, you seem um, so, fit for the job. <laughs> uh, so basically, she's trying to to return sexy letters from like twenty years ago, and he's like, "Those are your letters. I don't want them back." And she's like, "Please, I don't want them anymore." And so, and the girls are watching, and they're just like, mm. uh, and, "And that's like it. That's the whole scene." He's like touching her hair. Yeah, she's like, "I don't want you to talk to me anymore." And he's and like, like, "Fine." It's it's like yeah. we didn't talk to her in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And and crucially, so that they can drag this out and have it be even more painful later in the episode, uh, the girls only come in at the very end of the conversation when she's mm -hmm. like kind of angrily rolling away. And it's like, oh, something happened here, but I don't know exactly what. I missed the part where they were exchanging so sexy letters. So, yeah. Also, it, if you don't want those letters, throw them in the fucking trash. Yeah. <laughs> this could have been an email. You know? This is not have to be a face to face meeting. 
right? Like, had yeah. would that have ever come? Hey, do you still have those sexy letters? Yeah, from, yeah. From twenty years ago, like, how often is this coming up that it's a problem? Yeah. Anyway, and also, and, like, where is this office that it took them that long? Is this tunnel so fucking convoluted? Like, as it goes through the <laughs> whole thing, goes through the waterfall and back up. Yeah. <laughs> And like, there's something very kind of humorous about the staging in this scene too. When they're, it, you see the shot of them like looking through the the Scooby Tunnel into the office, mm-hmm. and and then her sort of like angrily rolling away from, <laughs> angrily soundlessly rolling away from Ben Horn. It's like it's very funny looking, and it's like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Lord. Um. Okay. So from here we go to the diner, uh, where, <laughs> where, Gordon reiterates the hangover cure <laughs> it's a slightly different version that involves yeah. a bunch of raw meat and like hot sauces and stuff yeah. I, and, I, I wrote here gordon is the liver king uh, yeah yeah <laughs> and harry like runs away and they're like <laughs> like like it was obviously like a like a goof and it's so funny he's like <laughs> we may throw up again <laughs> They do like the double thumbs up, Gordon yeah. and Coop. Well, yeah. it's such like a, it, I like this because it is such like a thing that friends would do to other friends. Yeah. Like it's like torture this poor hungover man. Uh this, this-, <laughs> this kicks off a really weird and really long scene with a lot of different like character pairing pairings off that occur like within but we're in this diner for like ten fucking consecutive minutes yeah, right yeah, starting it is a long here. Scene. Uh, this has one of my most favorite lines of any Twin Peaks episode ever, where Gordon says that he would like a steak so rare you could sell it at Tiffany's. <laughs> I'll admit to have used that line at a steakhouse or two. Gordon has like too many like great individual lines this scene yeah. to Amazing. mention. It's just Amazing. absolute gold is coming out yeah. of his mouth every couple of minutes. Um, so good. Kind uh, of the that's first... one of my most favorite. Kind of the first thing of consequence that happens here is Gordon sees Shelly and is immediately smitten with her. I don't Which, love the dynamics yeah. of this, um, <laughs> but, you know, it kind of like. <laughs> Look, <laughs> then... would it be a Twin Peaks episode if it, there wasn't an older. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> well particularly with Lynch. on a younger. Girl. Particularly with Lynch playing the character it's like hey check out this hot babe that i hired for this <laughs> show god i hate to admit it but i think it's kind of sweet <laughs> i yeah. mean it is kind of sweet the way it's played but it's also there's a little bit of ick factor there but it does bring up this great thing where he's asking coop trying to slyly ask coop who this woman is but because of his volume issues mm-hmm. he cannot do so subtly so coop has to just shout her name Shelly Johnson at him and so then she immediately overhears it because Coop is just shouting her name in the corner and then Gordon says another great individual Gordon line here kind of reminds me of that statue the babe without the arms (laughs) which is behind me right now on my screen it's an interesting way I saw that statue in my weird room remember that plot line yeah 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 400 years ago um, I like this because there's this whole thing where he goes to talk to Shelly and he can hear her. And yeah. he's pretty sweet about it. He's like, I heard you perfectly. And and there is this weird sort of like, is he really deaf or not thing that like this weird undercurrent of it not really being real that like you pick up on every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But he's That'll like, keep happening. 
yeah forever. as long as the show runs it'll keep happening he's got like munchausen's or something <laughs> it's like death but um but he's like i heard you perfectly and he's like so smitten by it and she's kind of like bro why are you screaming at me please let's stop uh and he's like oh it's amazing that i don't have to scream at you like a 1940s baseball announcer <laughs> but then what's so funny is the log lady's there and she's just and he, he's like this is a miracle and the log lady's like uh no this pie is a miracle it's like bitch why are you butting in <laughs> yeah so needingly like aggressive yeah so aggressive to him <laughs> what's happening um I love this part because Shelly's like, do you want some pie? And he's like, massive, massive quantities. And I saw a meme once where they made it say, do you want some cum? And she said massive, massive quantities. And I think of that meme a lot. So I was like, oh, it's that part with the cum. <laughs> I spend way too much time on <laughs> Well, folks, it's been another good episode of... <laughs> listen, listen, leave me alone. <laughs> so anyway, it's a cute thing and he's just like super googly and she's like i'll give him to but then we also have coop getting all googly over annie's so there's a lot of google happening which and you know to be fair come on <laughs> oh, oh no i mean, I mean yeah no it makes sense and at least annie is supposed to be like an adult <laughs> she's sort of an interesting character i always forget that i actually kind of like her performance on this show like i you know mm-hmm. i i'm kind of especially the kind of roles she starts getting after like post boogie nights and stuff. I don't really think that much about her as an actress, but I, I always like her on this show for the brief period. She's here. Um, She, she kind of has the exact Lynchian actress thing where she's like very expressive, but not very good at delivering dialogue. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, Yeah. she's killing it. This is exactly the vibe here. (laughs) She's doing just like, just like Wyndham Earl. She's doing the best with what she has. Absolutely. She really does bring it. She's fantastic. And I was actually struck by how fantastic she is too. Like watching her and I was like, yeah, same thing. I kind of forget how good she is in this very odd role. Mm Mm-hmm. Odd and very quick role. Odd and something that comes to feel against type for her too, in the particular kind of character she's playing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. So Coop is sketching. Uh, I think it's important to note he's sketching the two tattoos. So um, uh, Briggs's tattoo and the log lady's tattoo, in like a you know like putting them together sort of. And Annie, there's this whole sort of like Annie comes over. And Harry's like, what do you suggest for a hangover? And she says, teetotaling and prayer, which I think was really cute. It's and a like, funny line. Yeah. Annie, it's very like, oh, good one. Like, all, like every time someone says a line, they're like, good one. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But um, but but it's so funny because first, there's a lot to say here. Coop tells this horrific penguin joke, mm-hmm. literally infuriated Aiden. He's like, I'm gonna go in my room now. And I was like, no, just watch the rest of the episode with me. Like, no, that like made me super mad for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. He was just very still. Um, but also she kind of looks at his drawing and she's like, that looks like this the sketch in the owl cave, which is like, oh, yeah, this former nun just spent a lot of time in the Twin Peaks owl cave we never heard about until just now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Until this exact second, this the second. owl cave. You know, and and I think also Part of what irritates me about this particular part is Harry's also like, oh, yeah, the owl cave. Let me see that. Like, right. And it's like, so we've been talking about owls for like two seasons now. And and it never mm-hmm. occurred to Harry to think, what about the owl cave? Um, yeah. And like, and, 
and he's drawn these two symbols together. He's like, that's the symbol in the owl cave. We were looking at these symbols in the last episode. There <laughs> was an owl cave the whole time? Like- we knew what these symbols were, but even though we acted like we'd never seen them before an episode ago. like Just it- like when he was like, there's no cocaine in Twin Peaks. Oh, actually, there's like a ton Actually, of there's like a shitload of cocaine right. in Twin Peaks. Um, th- there's also this element here that kind of irritates me even though i like the character inter- interplay that like harry comes back and when he's doing this joke um this penguin joke that you mentioned with uh annie um Coop and annie are doing that and harry's like how long you been in love with her i can see because you're telling like shitty ass jokes <laughs> you must be in love with her and, and it's like it's kind of a cute moment and he's like being eh, eh, eh. but it, it seems like way bizarre for harry to be being like that after we're literally supposed to think this is like the morning after he came out of this massive like week-long bender Mm. almost got murdered has spent the entire morning vomiting um and like he's like oh but whoa there's another babe over here (laughs) here's the thing uh first of all i agree and i actually had written down that that mark on his throat is like such an afterthought yeah yeah. They put it on there, but he's not like. Yeah, in but any what's way so funny is like I even kind of forgot about the stuff that happened at the beginning of this episode. I was like, oh yeah, you got yeah. it, right? But then well, also, how long have you been in love with her? Literally a week, because that's the only time she's been here in Twin Peaks. Like, yeah. it hasn't been a long time. I mean, t- met her. Yeah, and like Harry must know that because she yeah. showed up while he was on his bender. It's like I know that this is new. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I, I go to this dumb diner every like, day. <laughs> how long have I been in love with her? Fourteen minutes. That's how long. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is a very goofy sort of scene. There's a lot happening, and and not all of it works. <laughs> yeah, but it's it, charming. It, the last, I mean, this whole diner interaction with everybody is actually a charming, fun yes, scene, which totally. we haven't gotten in a while. It, yeah. Well, it's it's exactly kind of what I'm talking about, where it feels like there's a conscious effort to kind of bring all this disparate bullshit back together and reassociate these characters. But then there's so much crap going on. Like they've already hand waved the assassination attempt that they spent the first five to seven minutes of the show on. So it's like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's so weird. Whatever. Like, why do we even, you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> why ask why? Why? Yeah. Also, um, I disagree with Aiden. I think Coop's got some major riz, as my daughter would say. Yeah, <laughs> see? He's, like, he's, got, um, he's got some riz. It's some weird <laughs> riz, but he's got here's some Here's the thing. Aiden yeah. cannot abide by any cringe behavior. He, corny. he, he yeah. cannot do oh, corny. Yeah. No, he yeah. can't do corny. So he was just like, what the fuck is going on? Plus, <laughs> Sleep just didn't get the joke. And it made a mess. <laughs> I anyway. thought the joke was funny to be it's honest. Not, not bad. <laughs> um it's it's fine. Anyway, oh god, from here you hear the the rumbling just the- you. Yeah, and I'm like why? <laughs> why, right? Uh Audrey is getting the mail. She gets a postcard from San Francisco from James. San Francisco's great. Going to Mexico next. I love being on the road. Yeah, we know. All you yeah. love is being on the road. Well, and and I love the San Francisco's cool next, and, and this is the exact verbiage, next stop, Mexico. So so you're just going to, I'm not going to hit any city. I'm not going to guess up right. here yeah. in Mexico. Yeah. No, I'm not going to stop in Los Angeles or anything yeah, yeah. like that. Just going to head straight down for three days until I get right. uh, it wouldn't. It probably wouldn't take three days. But no, but he, um, you know, his motorcycle is not packing enough gasoline for him to not stop. So, right. <laughs> whatever he does, don't stop in Burbank because I'll be very upset. <laughs> yeah. 
I, it's so funny. He's like, someday I'll be back. I wrote, please don't. <laughs> Spare us. <laughs> and I'll have so many cool stories to tell. And she's like, okay. Like, she's like, all right. He sits there for a bit, kind of feeling sad about stuff. Um, here's the thing. Then her dad comes home and she's like, hey, what's up with mom and Ben? And first he's like, your mom doesn't know Ben Horn. They've like literally never even looked at each other. And she, they have never perceived each other. Yeah. And he, she's like, uh, no, because like I saw her talking to him and he's like, must be about the weasel stuff or like whatever. Like, you know, must be about like fundraising. And she's mm-hmm. like, obviously like dad, something weird is happening here. And he's like, absolutely it is not. And it's just like. The- and, and he goes, he even goes so far as to say, oh, actually, she told me this very morning in her exact words. She said, I'm going to go visit Ben Horn about the thing. And it's like, wait, you just said you know for sure she doesn't know him. So it's like the most like suspect uh, shit ever. Also, the staging is so weird because it's like her dad keeps trying to turn away and go up the stairs. I actually like that, though. It was like, you could could see him trying to exit this awful conversation and failing over and over. She's like, no, no, no. But I actually, re- I actually really like the stinger at the end because then the doorbell rings and there's just a bunch of roses are delivered and then Donna's just like staring laser beams into her dad and she's like, "There's no note on this. I'm gonna go put it in the water." I'm gonna, they're from mom. They're I'm from gonna mom. put them in water. It's like you fucking fuck. <laughs> like it's just like so like obvious that he's just like I don't want to have this conversation. Yeah it's a really funny scene it's supposed to be uh, what's funny about it is it's supposed to be very serious and i cannot seriously these flowers just came we were having this conversation isn't that crazy yeah it's just the coincidences of twin peaks um I, I you also just saw Windermere's disguise. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, so b- before we get to that, before we get to that, <laughs> I, I do want to say one thing. It, it's another part that kills me about this Ben uh, Eileen, I guess her name is thing, which is that like they have to really accelerate this because they're cramming this plot in at the last minute. That doesn't make any sense. So immediately after they have a clandestine conversation about this in Ben's office. He just sends roses directly to her house immediately afterward. She's not even home yet. How did that happen? <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous. It doesn't make any I'm sense. Home first. There's, yeah. there's only one thing to to consider, and it's probably that he was like, no, wait, stay here. And then they like boned or something. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> well, that would have been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or maybe she just had errands to run after. <laughs> She's at the grocery store. It's like, it's like return sexy letters to Ben. Check bank. Check <laughs> bank. Recycling. <Right. laughs> so funny. Um. Anyway, so then, yeah, then we go, as Matt has just said, we go to like the library or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, Audrey, this is so weird because it, it, this was not just me, right? The very beginning of this scene is completely out of focus. Yeah, it's super yeah. awful looking. I don't know if it's just the film transfer or what, but I, okay. I noticed the same thing. Yeah. Fritz was like, did, Fritz came in at this point and he was like, did they like put this in, like, you know, like an extended version where like sometimes they put right. in these mm-hmm. not quite polished stuff? And I'm like, I don't think so. I think it's just it's, like this one shot that looks like crap. And then, but it like, goes for like, like a, a little yeah. while. Like, I thought maybe it would come into focus. You know, they do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It never did. So, so uh, Audrey's in this like library, I guess, and Wyndham Earl is there in yet another costume. The man has like a trunk of costumes in his. Bucket. 
<laughs> in the woods. Uh, he's like smoking a pipe, which is hilarious to see. Uh, and then she's like looking through poetry and uh, he's like, oh, you've got a poem there, hon? And she's like, yeah, let me read it. And it gives now. I have my master's in poetry. <laughs> we, we all have been in the literary arts sector for a long time now. Gives without a doubt one of the worst readings of a poem I've ever heard in my life. Brutal. Yeah. It's like no cadence. I mean, like, I mean, she doesn't have to have the poetry voice. I don't mind poetry voice, but but just like she's just reading it like she's reading off a recipe. Like <laughs> to, to be fair, it probably fits the character of Donna that this is how she right. would come at this, though, right? Like yeah. I Oh, is it Donna? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Audrey. Audrey. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, good. Yeah. 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 And sorry, no, you're correct. You're correct. She's a, an absolute dipshit. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, she's coasting by on her looks, which is yeah. you know, these I, are very uh, Billy Corgan lyrics. <laughs> so, yeah. But then, but then flowery. he's like, "Oh, uh, oh, it was funny because she's like, because he's like gazing at you, which is a line from one of my favorite songs." So I was like, yeah, the Tommy. When I get the music? Yeah, yeah. imagine that. if she's just like reading off like the Who lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he a Shelley poem. And I, I don't know if this is really a Shelley poem. I did not. Yeah, I didn't either. To, to see no, if it was. So. Uh, uh, Shelley, if it is, has much better poems. I was going to say, if it's Shelley, it's got to be one of Shelley's dog shit worst poems. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, that's an easy call for one of like his bottom of the barrel works. If that's yeah, really she's him. like, oh, I don't know. This is like a draft that was ne- never should have been published, but yeah. was, like posthumously or something. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, oh yeah, like watching you read this poem is like watching a beautiful sunset, or like so he like he like talks her up. It gets yeah, and the vibe gets really weird. I also got the sense that like we're supposed to when he says because before he explains, oh, that's the verse of Shelley, he just says Shelley. And Audrey's like, what? And I, I think the idea is the fact that he mentions one of the other girls' names kind of yeah. like puts her on edge. Like even though she she like grabbed the grabs the context mm-hmm. wrong, she's kind of like, Oh, something weird is happening here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's definitely like a like a vague, like this was a weird conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah happening yeah but uh yeah because the way he says it and then he's like oh you look beautiful he's very much talking her up like he did to donna at the house uh when he was pretending to be doc's like roommate or whatever yeah yeah Uh, Mm. loves to creep on the young ladies which is like okay whatever who doesn't here in twin peaks yeah that's kind of a vibe here (laughs) yeah Yeah. um okay so then so then we go back to the diner and we have this really cute moment with shelly and Annie, where they're having like girl talk, and they're like, mm, "Do you like the guy that came in today? Oh, do you like the guy that?" Came in? <laughs> it's cute because it's almost like Annie's a little standoffish about it, but it's also like a very cute sort of like back and forth between two women who work together and are vaguely the same age or whatever. Yeah. I, it was a very cute scene. It's like Annie's standoffish, but you can tell that Shelly interprets it as like, okay, I- I'm right. <laughs> like yeah, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much like, oh, you do like him. And, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's very girl talk, and it's very uh, believable, I think. And and Annie is is guarded, but not in a rude way, more in a mm-hmm. like guarded way. Like, uh, I'm just adapting to this new life. I just left a convent, and it's very difficult for me. And I think it's very believable, and it was super cute. Um, okay, so now we have... oh. Uh, that's a, just a quick thing. It's like, do you like the guy? That's really mm-hmm. yeah happening here. Uh, then we have 
this scene is so weird to me. We're at the sheriff's office. <laughs> is this the Andy and Lucy moment? I yes. love this yeah. scene. By the I love way. it. Too. It's very <laughs> weird. But I love down this scene. <laughs> I love it too. But how tall are these ceilings? Above? Yeah, totally. It, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and like, this does not seem like the best way for him to test this equipment, right? Like, no, well, I <laughs> there mean, must no. be some other option. Right. And again, it almost feels like some people had like in their contract that they needed to be in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is such a strange. So Lucy is at her desk, as she usually is. And in front of her, beyond the window of like her desk area, Andy is coming down on like cave diving, like rope. Like dressed like in spelunking gear. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think those ceilings are tall enough that he could be coming down from it. Right. He he has to right. have been like so flat he, against the ceiling. ceiling like, yeah. like Spider-Man or something. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you can see like, in the, the distance, you can see the top of the ceiling yes. further in the scene. So you know it's not it's that just high. a drop it's maybe ceiling. a 10 so foot it's ceiling. Like, yeah. Uh and she I wrote, where is he even coming from? Because it's just so yeah. funny to me. Did uh, she not see him set up? Right, that's the <laughs> well, that's the real mystery of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's also like not to jump ahead. Not much yeah. happens in the scene, but like he also somehow goes all the way down so far down that she can't even see him over the lip yeah. of her desk. Yeah. Which yeah. means like, what did he go underground? Like, what the fuck happened here? Right. Did he dig out a hole in the basement? Because <laughs> as we learn, not spoiler, but as we learn in season three, there's a basement of this building. There is a basement, yeah, <laughs> and it's sizable. <laughs> so. Um, such a weird way. Uh, I do like she has a little chess setup because she's like been learning how to play chess, and I think that's cute. Oh yeah, she was one of uh, Pete's disciples. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really cute. But um, but it's basically like a oh, we're testing out this spelunking gear because we're gonna go into this owl cave. Like that's all that is. Mm-hmm. Literally well, could have walked by with spelunking gear. And been like, well, first of all, you're missing some good moments, which are at some point. Hawk walks out with like yeah. it looks like yes. a ba- uh, like a basket of other equipment related right. to this, and it, like just looking up at him like, what the fuck? Are you doing, yeah. man? And, <laughs> and like, um, and then also there's an exchange from Lucy. Yeah, there's an exchange from Lucy and Andy where she basically says, "You were a lot of help at the Weasel Riot yesterday." Yeah. Uh, unlike Dick, and it's like, <laughs> oh, this is the turning point in this whole thing. Like, <laughs> the Weasels are ultimately what bring Lucy and Andy. Indeed, together <laughs> away from everyone. Yeah, she's real mad about Dick uh, not helping out in the weasel quote riot. weasel riot end quote <laughs> direct quote. Um, uh, and yeah, and she's you know she tells Andy to make sure he's careful and stuff. It's very cute. So there is yeah. a turning point here. I did not miss that. I just didn't get to it yet. I yeah. do love walking back and just being like, mm. <laughs> just yeah, that, that's great. Oh <laughs> uh, God. Uh, okay. So from here, oh, so so the other, so Coop and them, they're also getting ready mm-hmm. to lunk. So they're in another room. And Coop has his glasses on, and I think glasses Coop is the best Coop. So I always enjoy when he's... It's a solid Coop. Yes. Stunningly handsome in this scene, this whole black thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, look, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Uh, I only wrote glasses Coop is the best, so I don't know if they actually have any sort of conversation here. I don't think anything important is there. Is my next note is how we cut to... Oh, haven't seen much racist Johnny Horn shit in a while, but here we are. <laughs> My note is literally, oh no, it's Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, and again, uh, this like blue Aiden's stoned mind. He was like, what is happening? I'm like, I don't know. It's like, don't worry. This is the reaction you would have like completely sober. To yeah, this. <laughs> I'm having that reaction right now thinking about it. 
Uh, so he's out there like shooting like like buffalo figures uh, dressed like a Native American. It's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's um, not great. Um, no, not he's it's doing like a kid's bow and arrow set. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing this kind of offensive, generic yelling, yodels, howling yeah. thing that you hear throughout like the remainder of this scene. Uh, it's tough. <laughs> it's weird too because this scene is supposed to be sort of like a touching turning point moment between Audrey and her father, and then every so mm-hmm. woo like in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know um, that in and of itself that's pretty Twin Peaks, but yeah, like right, I, yeah. I could have done without the book ending here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we didn't really need. I mean, I guess I guess he does bring up Johnny here, but like he could have done it generically without like <laughs> like yeah. without him actually being in the scene. It's not a great character. Um. It's not, it's, it's very problematic, but anyway, uh, so Ben's talking to Audrey and he's talking about like JFK bringing Bobby Kennedy in with him for like stuff. And which I think is funny because it's like, well, it didn't work out for them in the end. Right. <laughs> so, like, right. Maybe get a better, a uh, better example. He's telling on himself a little bit there with that reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And he's eating a carrot. Because we're like, this is like health Ben, like episode or whatever. And he's having this heart to heart with her. And he's like, I haven't, I haven't always been the best dad. And I've been thinking about Laura a lot. And I think that I should be a better dad. And it's like, why did you bring up Laura? Hey, remember the girl your age that I was like, (laughs) and then she died? Right. Anyway, I want to be a good dad. And like the the through point is obviously supposed to be he's thinking about the Donna thing. And so mm-hmm. now he's thinking about the Audrey thing and like, oh, I, I need to be doing better. And obviously he can't say to her, so I've been thinking about your friend Donna that I haven't told you is your half sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your sister, you are related to Donna. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously. It's like very yeah. like, hello, Mr. Tom. Like, stop. Donna is your sister. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> your mom. Like, yeah. Um, um yeah, he's saying like he wants to build a good life for his family and and like he just wants to be a better person and he hasn't always been a good dad. And uh and that's why uh he's gonna go national with the pine stuff. <laughs> and then she needs to get on a plane to go to Seattle to like do some work for him in regards to that. He's trusting her with this. And first of all, I have never been to Washington State, but does she really need to get on a plane to go to Seattle? They're in Washington. Right. <laughs> weird to me, but I guess just resources. I'd be one of those yeah, rich gotta, people, private yeah, jet. Yeah, exactly. We got the private jet, so you might as well use it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, uh, I don't love that. Um, something I don't want to miss in the lead up to that point is when he's talking about the whole thing, being a better dad. He's like, I want to pull this family closer together. Me, you this family (laughs) and he says that while you can hear johnny yelling in the background who's also part of the family and we haven't seen the wife in like i don't remember how long (laughs) like he's explicitly like you and me are the only family left (laughs) i liked this line he said i have to face the fact that i really don't know how to be good Mm. that was a good line and yeah. relatable in a way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was a good line. Um, uh, I think he actually might say that to John Justice Wheeler. I, I think he does, but I yeah. think you're right. Um, I have it kind of like all, all written uh, very quickly. But yeah, John Justice Wheeler comes in and, he, and Audrey's like, hey. And he's like, hey. And then he's like, okay, well, you're going to Seattle. So see you later, Audrey. Go get on the plane. Go, go, go. And she leaves. 
Well, and she's kind of like, uh, we were supposed to bone in the Go plane together. in the, in yeah, the other plane. plane. Uh, like, and and mm -hmm. it's it's very funny because John Justice Wheeler enters the scene wearing this like it looks like a pea coat with like a white turtleneck or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah. presumably yeah. this is his, we were going to go bone in the plane outfit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> a really interesting decision to show up looking like this. Dads, um, dads are always ruining the boning plane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he has this heart to heart with, with uh, John Justice Wheeler about stuff. And that's when he says the thing. Yeah. He also has a carrot out of his own pocket. Yeah. Like I wouldn't eat that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so the lead up to the carrot thing is that he, he says that thing you're talking about. I don't know how to be a good person. And yeah. uh, Wheeler's like, well, you just kind of got to be like, be honest. And he's like, you, you know, tell the hardest truths first. You know, that's... I thought that's that was a good... Part. I thought that was a good uh, thing of, of advice, too. Yeah, like, it was. It was. Tell the hardest truths first. And then he's immediately like... uh I want to get it on with your daughter. And Ben's like, ha that is a hard truth. <laughs> He's like, wow. <laughs> you really, you're really leading by example here. This is, <laughs> this is some shit. And that's when he pulls like the carrot out of his pocket. It's almost like they're toasting with carrots instead yeah. of like yeah, a, a snifter funny. of whiskey or something. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I wrote, where did he get that carrot? But Aiden was like, I think he pulled it out of his pocket. I'm like, all right, yeah. I wouldn't eat the pocket carrots, but. Anyway, uh, from there we go to the Owl Cave. And I like, I think Harry says this, that he used to play there as a child and he was afraid of the fierce ghosts. Hmm. And I thought that I, was cute. I think Hawk might have said that. Or, oh, or was they, it Hawk? Fierce ghosts. Yeah. Fierce the ghosts feels was. like a Hawk line to me. but <laughs> um, Which I thought was like a very cute way of saying that. But. Yeah. I would not play in that cave. It seems very spooky. I'm afraid of it. Um, yeah, it was Hawk. Hawk says the line. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Fierce ghosts. Um, there's this. So they they you know they're looking around. And they find the symbol that everyone in Twin Peaks seems to know about. Oh, there's a symbol <laughs> on the wall in the owl cave. But but they didn't know about it last episode. But right. now they all know about it. This <laughs> no, episode. now they're like uh, that is like lore. Right. Everybody knows this. Coop, you're the only guy out of the loop. Um. So, uh, you know, there's this, uh, so then there's, the, they're looking at it and this owl like flies by. <laughs> it's so silly. This owl and Andy's like, ah, and his pickaxe lands in the wall and he can't get it out. And there's like this weird bit of golden light that like trickles out from behind it. And then it opens and they're all just sitting there watching it. Like, that's not scary in the least bit. I saw that Punky Brewster episode in the cave. That was <laughs> um, deep cut. Uh, and then this like pipe thing comes out with the with a symbol. Uh, it's the it's the like kind of diamond symbol with the two things. This becomes very important moving forward in the Twin Peaks uh, universe, especially in season three. Um, but it's it's the symbol on this like pipe sort of thing sticking out, and they're just like, well, that happened. <laughs> and from yeah, there, it's this is such an odd transition because then from there. I guess they just leave. Yeah. So this is, yeah, this is like weird. And it sets up the very end of the episode for us, but it also makes no sense because it gives us no context for what they do when they're at the cave, because it seems like they trigger this thing and Coop is like, this is definitely going to lead us to something amazing. And then they're just gone. They they just yeah, decide, they just okay, we're done for the, the day. Right? We'll check it out tomorrow, I guess. Um, 
So you go to the, the literally the next scene is the Great Northern Bar. Now, the bartender is Jack McGee. I love Jack McGee. He was the chief in Rescue Me, but also he he pops up a lot uh, as a character actor. He was also um, Scrooged, and he's one of the workers setting up the 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 set of the Christmas Carol they're putting on. And he's like, "How do we see them nipples with with the dancers?" He's really looking. That's Jack McGee, but he was he was famously the chief in Rescue Me, which is one of my favorite shows. Uh, problematic <laughs> plot point abound and aside. Um, but I was very happy to see him there. And actually, he's done a few other like Lynch related stuff. So it was like kind of interesting to look at his life. Yeah, I was like, I he I didn't Google him or anything, but I was like, I this is definitely one of these character actor guys where I know I've seen him in a, a yeah. bunch of shit and I just not remembering it right now. He's in he pops up everywhere, but he did like something else, I think, with with uh Charlotte Fenner. Like, there was something on there that I was like, oh, that's interesting. There's a little. Mm. I'll look at the end, but um, but it's so funny. So we have Annie here. He's serving Annie, who like obviously just got out of a convent, so he's not like big on drinking. And she was like, "I will have a rum." And he- <laughs> well, well, she's she's not even that specific at first. She's like, "I will have a I don't I don't know what to order." And he's like, "I think like like women like rum stuff." And she's like, "Yeah, that whatever that thing is." So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will have a rum. I will have a rum. <laughs> And he makes this like rum and tonic for her with a maraschino cherry in it. I don't know how good that would be, but yeah, I was like, this is kind of a weird choice. Like, if but... if if I if I was trying to serve somebody who had no idea what they wanted, I don't think I would have gone with rum tonic and one maraschino cherry. I don't unless think that you just don't want them to drink and come back. You're like, oh, this girl's <laughs> gonna be a terrible drinker. I'm gonna turn her off from it. Um. So then, uh, so then Coop shows up. So it's like, what? is going on here that like coop like he just he's back and he's showered he's in some like evening wear looking shit like he's (laughs) he looks great yeah don't get me wrong i'm very into how he looks in this scene no but it really speaks to like the second they open that shit up in the cave they're like okay we got to get home i need to go take a shower so i can talk into my tape recorder for an hour at the bar like it really urgently need to get to that fierce ghosts are around and i think you should go to the bar um and it's kind of this is kind of a funny uh, little exchange because he's like, all of this is so new to you, isn't it? And he's got that smirk. He's got this smirk through this whole episode. Mm-hmm. It's smirk, and I like it. Uh, and I'm he's made- back, baby. He's the FBI again. He's yeah. like, he's got Coop is back. Okay, <laughs> FBI Coop is back, and he's ready to. Yeah. He's he's not wearing he's not wearing a flannel and fly fishing like he's not a Nadir Coop. He's he's full Coop again. <laughs> uh, it's funny he says it's it's not it's all new to you, isn't it? And I made the joke. You know what else would be new to you? Sexual intercourse. Oh. <laughs> um, and they have this kind of back and forth, and he notices that she has like a scar on her wrist, mm-hmm. and he says she's afraid of failure. And so there's like a lot of stuff being said without being explicitly said here, right. but it's basically kind of like a, Hey, let's like go on this cute journey together. They they both look real good in this scene. Um, it's like, it, it's just really good setup there. It's like, this is another plot point that they're rushing to at the end of this series, but it doesn't mm-hmm. feel as bad because it's like, okay, it's well-performed. I get it. Yeah. Like, you know, the line for line writing isn't terrible. So like, 
great. <laughs> you know, What's like, not to get about two hot people having goo goo eyes for each other? Right, right, yeah. exactly. Like it works for, for me a, a lot character better. that just showed up like what last episode. This feels organic, like an yeah, organic exactly. development. Yeah. Exactly, because it you, feels they're charming enough as it goes. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. It feels so much more organic than any scene that Coop and yeah. on. And, and yeah, and yeah. it also carries some weight because for a long time Coop was on this like actually I can't get involved with anybody because of this like previous thing hanging over my head. So it's like mm-hmm. when he suddenly like you, we see him reacting to somebody this way, it's like oh this actually means something. He's overcoming something to feel this way, as opposed to Ben, who's like banged every single character in Twin Peaks, including the like the teenagers, as far as we can tell. Right. So yeah. like it's like <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't been Coop yet. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's probably working on it. <laughs> he's like, that's that's like the weasel. He's like, I'm gonna get to him eventually. <laughs> anyway, um, so so we go from this scene, which is pretty good, to Wyndham Earl in this owl cave. So, um, you know, I mean, he like, I don't know, whatever. And he he finds the symbol, and of course, the thing is still open with this like tubing. And he's like, could it be? And he looks up at the ceiling, which no one, I guess, did. Right. <laughs> right. Symbol again, inverted. And he's like, oh, haha. And then he turns this like pipe knob thing so that that's inverted too. Broom mm-hmm. shaking. And then the episode ends. It's, it looks like a legend of the hidden temple. Like you solved the shrine of the <laughs> right. silver monkey. So now this uh, door is opening yeah. up. Bullshit. Yeah. It's it's just so like it's just such a weird way to end the episode, and it's, it, like I literally wrote, symbol inverted, turns knob, stuff is happening. The end. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, well, okay. Why is he there? What is this? What like? Okay. Okay. Fine. I'll wait until the next episode. I guess. I guess. Mm-hmm. So so what do we, it's it's another thing that goes back to why did we spend five minutes on a plot point we hit, we then yeah, immediately right. hand waved earlier in the episode, but we don't have like a single second to spare to show you what the fuck is going on with this apparently extremely important plot point at the end of the episode. It's such an odd choice. And it's like, yeah, it's like, uh, there's no implication of like what is going on with this Eckerd woman. Like, like she's just gone. That whole thing is gone. Yeah. Dispatch mm. Harry for some reason. Yeah. And well, the implication was she was sexual jealousy or something. Yeah. She. That's it, all we got. The implication was she was locked up and that they questioned her and uh, Harry conversation about it happens at the beginning because he's like, oh, she's not singing or whatever, and right, that was what like, led into that. So she's just rotting yeah. cell down mm-hmm. there, and I guess that's the end of that. Like yeah, we're no, not going no to talk to Thomas Eckert. It's not like, important. Yeah. <laughs> It's such an odd choice. It's an odd. It's an odd episode. But she like murdered that fucking guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if we if we know one thing about cops, it's that the only thing they care about is when other cops get hurt. Yeah. So it's like you would think it would be a big deal about. <laughs> it's such a strange. Like it's such a strange and uneven episode because the things that are good in the episode are good. Are good, and yeah. and really you can see good. how they're working to like bring things back together to bring the story forward but then like the stuff that doesn't make sense feels like it's just here's some pointy end of a lego that you have nothing to attach to you right. know it's like it actually just just struck me how funny it is that we're like that doesn't make sense and it's frustrating seeing that we are very very close to season three <laughs> yeah. yeah but season three is good in the way it doesn't make sense and it's frustrating and that's the yeah. difference <laughs> yeah that's true that's true it's just it's a funny thing to say yeah so. Um, 
so yeah, that's the episode. And it's like, okay. And also on the wings of love. On like, the wings of yeah, love. Yeah, I, I know. Where, like, what what yeah. does it mean though? Yeah. I mean, I guess that like, you got like, you know, uh, Gordon and Shelly. Oh, oh, there was a throwaway line. I forgot to mention that um, Shelly had brought him to the doctor to get his hearing checked or something. Oh yeah, I forgot oh, about that. Nice. I forgot about that. It went yeah. very quickly um, yeah. at some point. I don't even remember, but mm-hmm. uh, but like okay so apparently he's an ent doctor now too that's he's like now yeah. like quintuple <laughs> board <laughs> certified yeah he's just <laughs> the only doctor in the tri-state area <laughs> he has to know like everything um but like okay and then we have like coop yeah and annie but it's like what a weird name for this episode it could have been anything else yeah cave ghosts of the, <laughs> so, the german yes, episode titles it's one of the most bizarre it doesn't really yeah. seemingly connect yeah. to much of anything unless the symbol upside down equals wings or something, something no yeah. no it doesn't it's, yeah, it it's does supposed not. to be the mountains of twin peaks that's yeah. like that it's not even yeah. a spoiler or anything so where will we go from here the thing to be said is we only have about five episodes left of this season and yeah. then uh, I think so, four at this point. Four. Is four. it four? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. So oh, this was number five. Yeah. So this and then mm-hmm. so uh that's a lot to deal with. <laughs> There's a lot to do and with. shit is and shit is gonna get a lot weirder before it gets any more results. So uh, yeah, that's not go up, I guess. <laughs> yeah. be crazy. So um producer notes we had some losses in the Twin Peaks. We did, yeah. Um since we last recorded. Yeah, so uh, I think in the order that they passed away, I think it was first Annette McCarthy, who uh, better known as Evelyn Marsh. Well, not better known, hopefully to her friends and family, because it's not much of a part. And not her fault. Like she, you know, obviously, you know, Colleen, you've been watching sexy movies for February. She's She is spectacular in that kind of femme fatale sort of role. Yeah, um, well, I even tweeted when she pop, died. She did the best with what she was given. Like Completely. She- bad <laughs> like yeah. stuff was bad but like she as an actress was not bad you know it's not I mean? her fault that she was attached to the anchor of the james character yeah that is not her fault yeah. <laughs> exactly like the the gentleman who plays when tomorrow i mean it's the same thing like they're doing what they got hired to do and they're doing a good job it's just that the writing is failing them and a lot of times the direction yeah. is failing them yeah yeah and a bummer because she actually retired not long after this uh, she retired yeah. from acting in 1995 so she hadn't done any other work since then um it's sad because i did look into her social media when she died and she uh, it seems like she she had had cancer and it seems like it it have been uh connected to that but she was like she had like her first grandkid and she was just like so happy and it's just a sad thing to see like like her grandkid was not i don't even think a year old i think it was a little granddaughter and she was like you could tell she was just so in love with this beaming child and it's just uh, such a bummer to see. And she was not that old, too. So it's no, that's the other so thing, when, too. Like, because the other like, loss you know, we have with Angelo Badalamenti, he passed away because he was in his 90s. You know, I mean, he, yeah, I was yeah. Say, he's like a million man. years old. Like, yeah. 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 And I mean, what a loss. He was brilliant. And, and yeah. everything he did was just beautiful. The stuff about, like, if you play the, the Twin Peaks theme through a MIDI and it, like, actually makes Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Oh wow! Yeah, but but you know, like again, he was so much older, so it's like, what a full, beautiful life, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. We all hope to to die that way. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah, just so, the saddest uh, losses. Hopefully, they're resting in peace and having some sort of 
Twin Peaks reunion with everyone else in the afterlife. It's pretty crazy up there, I think. <laughs> I know. It's also like, chill out, Twin Peaks actors. We, I know we we record these every couple of months, but like when the world died right as we were preparing his episode, it's like, stop it. Yeah, <laughs> just, just stay stop. around for a while, please. Yeah, we please. don't want to talk about, about your death. Yeah. Yeah, because there's been a lot of sad news uh, over the last, you know, six months or so that we've been doing. It lost a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Is there anything else notable about the episode? Oh, just what I thought was interesting. You know, we talked about how close we are to the end of season two. And so therefore the end of like, for a long time of basically the end of Twin Peaks, right? And I thought it was interesting that there are only two more episodes that would air as part of the regular schedule, right? Because the last two they aired all in one night. They just dumped it off on like maybe a Friday night or something. Oh. No one was fucking watching this thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, and ABC had so lost interest in Twin Peaks that this episode that we just watched aired April 4th, 1991 uh, against Cheers and Seinfeld. And Cheers at that time was absolutely the number one show. It was just crushing every single week. And Twin Peaks doesn't even show up on the ratings. It's like the last show because it's against like the juggernaut. They just gave up. It's, it's, it's the just... absolute fucking juggernaut of the Fraser prequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. And uh, it was actually a Lilith centered episode that was against this. So there you go. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, uh, uh, this was the connection with Jack McGee. He was also in Showgirls. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Which, yep. by the way, I'll be watching this week as part of Horny Month. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's exciting. I wonder if there's any other interesting. I wonder if there's any other interesting Twin Peaks connections in Showgirls or not. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um. Oh, he's also in Basic Instinct, another movie I'll be watching this week. Mm. Uh, oh, oh. I assume he's one of the the guys who's sweating watching her uh, cross her legs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think he might Leading be actually. I think so. Right human. Yeah. <laughs> so. so funny. Um. So yeah, that was that was. Uh, it wasn't really a Kyle. Mag- it wasn't a David Lynch connection. It was a Kyle McLaughlin connection. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, yeah, the only last that. Pro- producer corner thing I have on a personal note, I for the first time watched Eraserhead. Uh, just oh. uh, last month. Yeah. Uh, that's a wild ride. <laughs> that movie, I will be honest with you. When I first saw that movie, I was terrified. Like that movie just like unnerved me to the it's point. It's very unsettling. I was, at, I was at a friend's house and uh, another friend drove me home and I made him walk me in the house. I was like, can you just like walk me just from my driveway into the house? I was like, I'm just like so unsettled. It's it's yeah. a physically ups- upsetting movie to it watch. Is. Like Viscerally it, upsetting. Yeah, like you totally... It, it's it's a body reaction you have to it. It's not like it's a scary per se, but it's like mm. oh, something feels wrong about it. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Oh, this. Whenever we have chicken, we always. <laughs> oh, you just cut it up like regular chickens. <laughs> so upsetting. Or whenever someone's sick, I'll go. Oh, you are sick. Like it's just, yeah. oh, it's just upsetting. It's so good though. The sound. Yeah. The yeah, really, the fact really that good. it took forever to make actually. Uh, when the lock lady showed up in this episode, Aiden was asking, oh, you know, what else was she? And I was like, she was the girl in Eraserhead. And he's watched that. Oh. With- yeah, really? I never made oh, that yeah. connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, and of course, right. Jack Vance so and stuff, too. Like, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting how long some of those people stuck with Lynch. Yeah, you, you made a friend with David Lynch. You were a friend of David Lynch. Forever. <laughs> yeah, you're in. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Here's a quick thing I want to plug. The tea I've been drinking while we've been recording. <laughs> Underground. Uh, August Uncommon. And it is a San, San, wait, Santa Monica-based company. And mm. Black Lodge is the name of this tea. Mm. Nice. It is a black tea with truffle notes and smoked banana and like caramel. It's very good. Sounds nice. good. I want to give them a little bit of a shout out because they have every tea I've ever had from them is great. But of course, this one is the closest to my heart. <laughs> uh, but I think that might be it for us. So, uh, signing off, I have been Colin Carney Hefner. I have been Chris Pruitt, who knows who I will be in the future. <laughs> and producer Matt. First name producer, last name Matt. That's it. <laughs> and we will be back soon. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.